I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to A View from the Bullens in partnership with the Fitzrovia Bell London our official away day pub for all Evertonians. Hello and welcome to another episode from A View from the Bullins with me, Mick Kemp, Lee McLean, Ben Winstanley and our fan guest this evening is Tommy Williams. Lee, Brighton nil, Everton nil. What are your thoughts on the game, mate? Um, not one positive. They're my thoughts on the game. The positive is it's finished. And I don't have to watch it. That was absolutely dreadful. From the first minute to the last, the lack of ambition, the lack of fight, the players playing like the season's already finished and we've got nothing to play for. Um, it's been becoming less and less lively in recent weeks, but ultimately we went into that game still with something to play for, with a, with a chance of qualifying for Europe. Not now, we haven't. They're on the beach. You, you know, that... Okay, we had injuries. However, you're up against a mediocre as being kind to Brighton, a poor, poor side again. And we've had one shot on target, and they've had in the 20s against Everton. Brighton will come away from that game thinking we should have won that. It's another game at home for them that they should have won against Everton. And the thing for me, the build up the last few days, everyone sees it coming. It's predictable. You know what's going to happen before the game even kicks off. What's our identity? What's our game plan? What are the tactics? I have no idea. That was up there with one of the worst, relatively speaking, considering the players on the pitch and the fact that we've actually got something to play for, or we did have before tonight. That was absolutely shocking. That midfield, arguably outside of the bottom three, it's the worst midfield in the Premier League that, that started tonight. That was that was awful. Um, so, Listen, you're not going to get no positives out of me tonight. I'm going to tell it like it is. You know, I've looked at Twitter tonight and, and I think I'm speaking on behalf of the vast majority of Evertonians. I've had enough of them. Make this, this group of players can get in the bin. We need Sergio and we need to improve the attitude 
not just the um, the quality on the pitch. It, it needs a complete overhaul. That was disgusting. Mm. Ben, I, I know we have injuries, but like what Lee just said, it was really poor, wasn't it? Oh, you've got a really fun podcast to listen to, ladies and gents. It's uh, not really enthusiastic at all. I'm... <sighs> it's hard, isn't it, Mick? That that was shocking all over the park, really. Um, I said it off air, I'm going to say it now. It was up there with a, with a big Sam performance, that one shot on target in 90 minutes, just not good enough. There was no fight, there was no desire. Just the players just accepted mediocrity, didn't want to push on for Europe, don't want to push on for top four. Now, I get that there's 11 players who are out injured. I get that. But it's just unacceptable. If you're going to put on that chair for the Everton Football Club, you at least try your utmost hardest. That's what we'll get behind. If you lose or drop points in a way in which we can be proud of, then it's one of them. We'll back you to the hill. But I can't have performances like I've just seen there from certain players and Going forward was so easy to defend against. We created nothing. We were slow. We were lacklustre. And you, you just see there that there was nothing coming off the bench was the bar of Wobie. Um, the, 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 the squad just wasn't there. I think Finn Kitch on Twitter did a funny tweet saying when the average age of the... When the total added up shirt numbers add up to 325 on the bench, you know, you're in for a long night. And that's what it was. There was just no depth at all. And the injuries have killed us, really. Um I don't see... The only positive is if we haven't lost the season based on tonight, that was done for the past few weeks um, for me. When we have more players fit and fire and they're there, the games where we've lost this this so-called chance we've had this year against obviously like, go back into it again, the Burnleys, them types of performances and the Crystal Palace just gone and they're the games where we've let ourselves down this season. If we would have picked up three points or six points in them two games, then this point wouldn't have been too bad and it would have been possibly an advantage going forward. But you you can't you can't perform like that for those Evertonians. We've got to see more. It's just not good enough. That Brighton team, look, they're the XG Kings. They love attacking, but they're not good. They're not a good side and we didn't expose them once. And to have one shot on target, I keep on alluding back to that fact. It's shocking. Shocking. I was just... I'm really disappointed. As you've seen on Twitter, I'm absolutely... I, I don't even, didn't even want to record, Mick, to be honest. I'm that low and angry about it because all Evertonians are now dejected. And for me, that season over, season done, finish for me. Um, it would have been really nice to get three points and really kick on. But playing Tottenham now on Friday with half a squad missing and now Yeli Mina's limped off. And it's, it's one of them. It's, I'm not... We've got Tottenham and Arsenal next two games and it's not looking good at all, is it? Mm. Tommy, can you understand the frustration amongst Evertonians? I, I know we have a host of injuries, but we never really looked like we'd travelled to Brighton today to win the game, did we? Completely, Mill. Um, I feel absolutely deflated after watching that performance. Um, injuries aside, you know, we've all said it on tonight's podcast so far that, yeah, the injuries have hit us at the wrong time and they have disrupted you know, the whole flow of the team. But there's no idea. You know, these are professional footballers. These are Premier League footballers. And to see that they can't string a pass together and they don't know how to move off the ball, they don't know how to actually have a shot, they take too long, it's just not on for me. And as the lads have already alluded to, it is season over. And it's, it is deflating, as I said, because I think 
we all knew it was coming in terms of this performance tonight because, yeah, with the injuries, but just the way it's been, probably since the, the Merseyside derby, which was obviously probably the high result of the, of the season. But no, there just doesn't seem to be any idea, any flow to the team. We don't know how to attack. It seems to be go down the left with Lucas Digne and try and whip the ball in. But it, it's it's desperate to watch. And as Ben you know, rightly said there was it was like a big Sam performance, and it, you know we probably didn't want to say that, but it, it it wasn't just because it's Carlo Ancelotti. It shouldn't be really excused that performance. And um, as the lads have already said, going back to uh, Ben and Lee, is that you know to have one shot on target against a team who's down the bottom, a half decent team would have at least had five shots on target against a team that are leaking goals, and and we just can't seem to even break break them down it's just totally not good enough in my eyes Mick. Mm. Lee given the, the stage of the season where we're at three points was a must so can you forgive a lot of Evertonians that would probably feel well I'd rather lose trying to at least win the game rather than going there and just sitting in and taking a point yeah of course I mean you've got to try you've got to apply yourself and at least try and win the game you know if you don't if, if you don't buy a ticket you're not going to win the lottery are you and and like like you've said, there was no intent. Like we turned up tonight, it didn't seem one little bit interested in in trying to win that game. But I've never seen a side lose possession under under no threat or or pressure more than Everton do. It, the ball's a hot potato. It's been it's been referred to on a number of occasions on this podcast. In possession, we are absolutely shocking. We're terrible to watch. Um. And it's all the more frustrating when you're watching Premier League games over the weekend, in the last couple of weeks, and you're seeing the sides in and around us, even West Brom putting three past Southampton today. You know, t- teams putting other teams that they're expected to beat to bed and Everton just seem incapable of doing it. And listen, a season which once, at one point, seems like a, a distant memory now, looked so positive. You know, you, you remember those heady days back in September, October, we're thinking, oh my word, where's this going to lead to? You know, you'd never have guessed we'd be sat here in early April with the season fizzling out to, to nothing. It's so disappointing. Um, didn't expect it this time around, I'll be honest. Not with the the solid recruitment that I think we made in the summer. Um, I think, yeah, you can't, you can't ignore the fact that we have been unlucky with injuries. I tweeted that before the game. Significantly unlucky, you know, with key players being out throughout the course of the season. We've never had a chance to field a, a, like a full strength side and a settled side, you know, for, for any sustained period of time. But that's probably the only excuse you've got because still, regardless of that, there's been countless times where the 11 players Everton have fielded have been significantly stronger than the opposition and we've just failed to turn up so it's hard to point the finger of blame at anyone in particular but there is so much needs doing with it. I don't, I, I don't even know I don't envy Ancelotti Brands Mashiri the, you know, the team behind this summer ahead because I don't know where you'd start um, but I'm feeling extremely dejected. We all are, I think, I speak on behalf of a lot of Evertonians, thousands of Evertonians tonight that it's just, it feels like one disappointment too many for me. I'm just completely, completely disillusioned with 
this Everton Football Club at the minute. What are we? What are we trying to do? You know, we've been we've been labelled, haven't we? You know, by some as the most pointless football club in the country. And there's times where it's very very difficult to argue against that. What are we doing? We're just languishing around. No matter what we do, no matter how much money we throw at things, how many different players we bring in, we always look like we're four or five players away from being a good side or or or, or a good squad. Um, so as you can probably tell, I'm <laughs> not feeling overly positive about my football team this evening. Um, but to be fair, I think that's justified because what I've just watched is completely unacceptable, Mick. Ben, I really don't want to harp on about injuries because, you know, we can't keep using that as an excuse, but we do have a lot of injuries, but we are still very negative, aren't we? And sometimes, even with injuries, you can apply yourselves as a football team to go and try and win a game. And I think that's what's annoying a lot of Evertonians at the moment, isn't it? That we're not applying ourselves to try and win a game. We're happy to sit in and nick a point. Yeah, <laughs> obviously injuries are going to happen in the season. That's football, but you look at the fact that we've spent nearly half a billion pounds in the past five years and we have one senior player on the bench of a Premier League football match tonight. Just makes you think, doesn't it? Where where has the money gone and been and who have we got in and have we been that unlucky? Look, we, we haven't moaned, we haven't kicked off about it, but we probably have been the most unluckiest football team this season in regards to injuries for me. Our first three probably choice centre midfielders that Carlo started against Tottenham are out and they have been out for the majority of the season and Alan Decore and Gomez where we've alluded before we're probably playing our best football um, to start the season with them three in the middle with Hammers on the right and yeah it's, it's just I just can't don't know what to say Mick to be honest I'm just completely done at the moment I've just got no Usually come home and I'd be buzzing to watch the match. I've just got no buzz around around Everton. Like you look at our group chat a few weeks back, we were bouncing off each other and we're just down at the moment. And as Lee touched on there, completely agree. What what are we doing? What are we? It, we're kind of just like every summer, it's like, oh, I can't wait for the summer. We're gonna sort it out. We signed three or four new players. We start off well, we fade again, and we're back to square one again. I just I don't understand what the project is, what we're alluding to, what we're trying to achieve. And look, made up, we got Ancelotti there, but the football wasn't good tonight um, at all. And I still think that the 11 who, who were put out there, especially in the first half, could have caused Brighton some issues. Um, I get people are getting put in places where they haven't played for a while. Holgate, for example, playing central midfield and other, but the likes of Sigurdsson was shocking. He couldn't string the pass together. Um, you look at people coming on and Wobie didn't do anything off the bench. And the only one who could hold his head up high for me was Hammers again, Rodriguez. And I said it on Twitter, I wouldn't stick around if I was in. I'd, I'd be off. I'd say, see you later. Off Atletico Madrid, the sniffing, I'm off. Because he's trying to get the ball to cover the neck and he's trying to drag players forward. He's literally trying to make something happen. It's... It's like it's him progressing forward and the rest of them are just like standing back and watching. It's I can't even go into details of what exactly has happened in that game because all there was for 90 minutes was one shot. It's I, I can't pick any other positives than that. We got a clean sheet. Brilliant. We, but getting, conceding 23 shots to a Brighton team. Come on, Everton. You need to, you need to get a grip of yourselves. It's just... 
it's embarrassing really to put out a performance like that and you know what credit okay another positive Nathan Broad had come off the bench and had a good five minutes congratulations to him coming on again for having getting in the mix but apart from that normally I go on talking about tackles and passing stats and but you know what? I couldn't even be bothered Nick to go and look. And that's no disrespect to you or anyone on this podcast. I'm just dejected. I'm deflated. And I feel like, why am I putting my time in for them to go and put a performance in like that? It's just it's just the same merry-go-round season after season after season. We get all worked up and we just can't put a run together to like get over the line. And I've said it previously, we, we've been in the mix this year. It's been in our own hands, even up until a week ago. It was in our hands still with the game in hand. We could have gone fourth and we've just blown it completely. And yeah, you're right. You can't just blame injuries at all. The players out there should have performed a lot better than they did tonight. Um, we got um, embarrassed really by Brighton and that Basuma said it in the last podcast. He's the dream signer for me. Throw whatever they wanted him because he is an absolute stunning footballer. Him and Hammers stood out over everyone tonight. They were just, they're just above and beyond everyone. Energy drive forward, taking long shots on. I can't remember a centre midfielder for most getting the ball, driving, looking to play a quick one-two, getting in behind the back the centre half, and looking to press and attack and then having the, the actual endurance, strength and ability to get back and defend a proper number eight that we've been missing for, for years. And again, it's it's the right back, right wing, centre mid issues and yeah, a lot to work out, but as Lee said, we're just, we're just literally playing Groundhog Day again. I feel like we've used that word in the last few podcasts, but it is. It's Groundhog Summer. It's the same again. We haven't progressed, have we, really? And I get it that some the midfielders are out, but I'm just completely done at the moment, Mick. And I, I don't, it's one of them. We've got, got, to, we've got to get something out of spares. And if we don't, then that really is curtains. It's top four was completely ended tonight, but. If you're going to be optimistic at all to get any uh, people back to listen, then top six is still there by the skin of its teeth. But we can't put a performance in like we did tonight against Spurs. We're absolutely smashed. So, yeah, not looking forward to it, Mick. Um, mm. We move forward and we go from there. Mm. Tommy, is it is it more frustrating because we drew against Crystal Palace? Results of Some results have gone our way, some haven't. But the real importance was the three points tonight. So to travel down to Brighton and and not give it a go, is that what the really frustrating part of it all is? Yeah, definitely, Mick. I just think, you know, it was there tonight. They were there for the taking, really. And yeah, as the lads and myself already pointed out, that we did have the injuries, but it, it just wasn't totally good enough. And when you think back, you know, the last couple of weeks and the results that have went for us and, you know, even when we've messed up, it's still sort of been a slim chance for us to, you know, to take our claim and, you know, start playing well again and, you know, getting the results. And we just we just not took it. And I think all Evertonians are hanging on to a little bit of hope that just win tonight, you know, go away one point ahead of Spurs and then play them, you know, Friday in a big game and see, you know, how we get on. You know, even if we got a draw, you know, it'd have been great if obviously we could get a win on Friday, which not looking likely based on how we're playing and performing at the minute. But no, it, it, it does seem like a chance missed. And one one thing I did want to point out about our midfield, Mick, is when, when you look at it, um, even with the injuries, they, they all seem to be slow, don't they? You know, um, in terms of not just like when they're breaking with the ball, it's 
I think the problem is when they're, when they're trying to press as a team, so say like Sigurdsson, Rodriguez even tonight, and I know that's not technically their role you, you know, most of the time, but they don't have the legs to, pr- and when they do press, they get caught out and then there's gaps behind. And as Ben alluded to then, I think in the summer, it's absolutely vital that we get legs in. And Basuma ran the show for them tonight. He had everything. He, he actually probably had similar attributes to, to Corey, but maybe slightly better on the ball. And we just need legs all over the pitch. It, it's it's not even just in the middle of the park. It's, it's even just going forward. We, we just have no options. We have nothing. We have nothing different to sort of surprise a team. And, you know, when you look at the whole game tonight, although it was a horrific show, and one thing that I did notice was that Richardson was just basically isolated on his own all game. You know, I get that he sort of went with a similar formation to the Wolves game where Hammers would float in and out or Sigurdsson, but they were nowhere near him. They, they, they're just too... I mean, I love Hammers and I think he's great and he, he was one of the better players for us tonight, but sadly, he hasn't got the legs and Sigurdsson hasn't got the ability, Hammers, and definitely hasn't got the legs, so they could, they didn't really have an opportunity to get up with him because they actually can't physically do it. And for me... We need a player in the middle, as well as a Basuma type player that really can can run with the ball. Like, and one of my favourite players to watch in the Premier League is like a Jack Grealish. I'm not saying by any means we can go and get a get him, but we need a similar player like him, someone who's exciting to get you off your seat. I, I, I sit there, and the lads will probably agree with myself that and other Evertonians that we're not ex- we're not even half decent to watch. You know, we don't even just like magic a one two or a a triangle of passes together. It's just one pass to each other where they're all close to each other and it ends up getting broken up because no one wants to move off the ball because everyone's petrified. And, you know, you, you sometimes see in the game tonight with Holgate playing, it's like the sweeper in front, but he was looking up, but there's nothing, there's nothing moving. Everyone's hiding behind the ball. And for me, the lack of confidence, with the, obviously with the, the loss of form, is obviously understandable. But no, it's got to be better, Mick. And, you know, going going forward for the rest of the season, I don't want it just to fizzle out. Where you know we have got our flip flops on, and we just don't we just don't carry on performing because it's you know there still is an opportunity there, as Ben said, in a in a slight slight way that we could still maybe get up to six or seven. But I don't know at the minute. I just feel totally dejected with it. Mm. It is madly, isn't it? I mean, even given our form and recent results, the injury list keeps growing. We are still in with a chance for, of the Europa League, aren't we? No, we're not. No, we're absolutely not, Mick. Because there's a reason why we've been saying the same thing over and over for weeks. But then we come on the podcast and it's like, yeah, no, we, but we didn't. You know, we didn't take advantage of it. We didn't perform. This team's just not capable of it, mate. We're not. You know, that's the sad truth. It, this, Like I've said last week, this is not a blip. This is not something that's just been going on for the last couple of weeks. This team, it... it pretty much lets you down 80-90% of the time so if you think we've got is it 8 games left now um, how many how many wins can you see us honestly securing within those 8 games because the, how, how can you have hope how can you have hope watching that and watching what we've seen in the last few weeks it's it's really difficult and then you add injuries on top of that you know, they don't seem to want to take the chance that's being presented in front of them. And now it's too late. Um, 
So, yeah, statistically, there's a chance. But I think we'd just be made to look a little foolish, keep keeping saying the same thing week in, week out. So, statistically, we're still, we're still in there with a chance. I'm just going off the evidence that's been put in front of me um, on the telly for the last few weeks. And that evidence is really, really tough to watch. There's not many positives that you can take out of it. There's no identity to this side. There's nothing that makes you think, actually, next week, I reckon, oh, we were a bit unlucky there. Next week, I think we can turn it round or they're capable of doing this or that. I mean, even even Palace on Monday, we were like, oh, well, hang on, we, we didn't play well, but we created a few chances. Let's take that into the, to the Brighton game tonight. It just didn't happen. Again, we were back to nothing, looking toothless, creating absolutely nothing of note. Obviously, Iwobi's chance at the end, which was terrible, terrible finish, you know, under no pressure whatsoever, balloons are over the bar. Um, but I think he'll be gone in the summer if Ancelotti gets his way anyway. And I, I just hope he's not on his own, Mick, because I've, I've reached that point now where I've tried to be positive. I've tried to, you know, spin things in a certain way to say, okay, yeah, we've still got this opportunity, that opportunity. I think it's just got to the point now where I'm seeing things for what they are and what they are is a hopeless set of individuals with no identity, no tactical nous, awful in possession, um, don't create anything, boring to watch. So, no, I don't think we've got a chance to hear a big sorry, I'm sorry. Um, you've just got me on one tonight. I just think, nah, I've had enough of them. Completely had enough. Mm. Ben, Carlo Ancelotti has now picked up 78 points from his 50 Premier League games in charge of Everton. Uh, it's his lowest return after 50 league matches in charge of any side during his managerial career. He will be hurting, won't he? And, you know, he's probably a very proud man. He's a very successful manager. But surely now he's going to be going back to the board, back to Marcel Brandon saying, you know, we can't have another season like this and I need reinforcement, surely. Carlo Ancelotti, welcome to Everton Football Club. Is what I'd say. It's just the same mediocrity all the time, isn't it? And how we address it, Mick, I don't know. Is this is this negativity loses mentality through the whole club? Because I feel like that's what it is at the moment. We're just a team full of losers. And Ancelotti is a massive, massive coach, massive sign. And you look and you make you think that they were alluding to it in the game today that he's obviously got a massive influence in transfers and you can see the plays that he's brought in take us up that next level. And I just hope we find a way and we're clever with in this summit of, of actually doing deals that can obviously help us long-term and get money in and progress further. But again, I just got a horrible feeling about next year now. They're just going to go around in circles again. Lee's just hit the nail on the head before for me. It's it's every summer, isn't it? And But I just hope that obviously Marcel Brands gets his deal done. Um, I do feel... He's done a hell of a lot better than his predecessor in Steve Walsh. Um, but we just need to get the right calibre of players in now. You look at, like, obviously, your Josh King that come in and it hasn't worked for him, has it? Signing, uh, thank God we only got him on a six-month deal at the moment. So I know he hasn't been given his chance, but he doesn't look fit when he's come on. So besides him, you look at Alan, who's been a massive <clears throat> influence on the, the dressing room, on the team, on the performances. Godfrey, who's probably been our best player this season um, Decore is probably up there with the best of the season and Hammers as well so the, the four five players he's brought in have, have all been a massive impact and 
I can only hope that we can have box clever again this summer and bring in the right calibre by not spending over the odds and over the budget. And as Tommy said before, we, ha- we haven't got anyone exciting. We've, we're the easiest team to play against. You get behind the ball and your banks are four and come on, come and break us down. And we can't because we've got no pace. Look at Newcastle. They, that's St. Maximum's like a headless chicken, but he gets everyone off the seat. He just likes it. I mean, ra- he's just rapid. And that's what you need in the Premier League. You need pace, either pace or power. One or the other you've got to have. Or you've got to be technically brilliant to actually to obviously slot him. No, obviously what Hamez has got, because he's not quick, but he has all the time in the world, because just how good he is. But players like St. Maximum aren't good technically. It's just absolutely lightning quick and they're exciting. They get fans off the feet and that's what we miss on the right. And we just got no one to like actually go at players. No one exciting. No one like that, Pat, Pedro Neto at Wolves and players like that. And you look over the park, Manny, Salad are the same. They've all got pace, they're skillful, they're quick, and they get people excited and open. It, it just brings that extra dimension to the game, and we haven't got that. All we've got at the moment is set pieces to try and nick a goal from a header, or or we try and like pass our way forward and get a lucky deflection, and and we score that way because the only t- I think besides Hamez and Calvert-Lewin I think it's something like only like 15 goal contributions from the rest of the team that's shocking it's absolutely dreadful it's uh, it's not good we're not in a good place at the moment obviously the injuries aren't helping and it's not helping Carlo and where he wants to pick the players and it, it might have been a different story if we had everyone fit and ready but we do need a massive summer again, but I just don't know how we're going to go about it. We're going to have to be very clever. I can see, obviously, the club bringing out some new sponsorships like last week. I think the game tech company linked to Osmanov. So, a few more dodgy deals lined up for that. But it's just all about that profit and loss sustainability. And we're in a right mess. And obviously, some Evertonians just think we've got 100 million just to spew up the walls again when we haven't. And certain players are probably going to have to be sold. And to gain the revenue to actually push on. And if you miss out in Europe, does that complicate things even more? Probably, as we touched on alluded to before in previous podcasts. So, yeah, it's just hard, isn't it, Mick? Us Blues, you've got to try and remain positive. I know it's hard. I'm completely dejected tonight, to be honest. I just want to go to bed. It's it's late. It's, I'm down. I just want to go to bed and crack on with work in the morning. But... Go the go the beer gardens, blues, drink your sorrows, have a laugh. COVID restrictions have been lifted, and just have a good week. Enjoy your week, and uh, hopefully we can talk on Friday. And fingers crossed, some miracle that we can get a better result. Mm. Tommy Ev- Everton currently sitting eighth. Is that where Everton are at the moment? And are we just being a little bit impatient with the current managerial setup that we have? Do we have to give them time? He needs more of his own players in the team because you, you look at that squad and you know it even goes back to the Moyes era with James Coleman although I did think he played half um, half alright tonight but now it, you know it's got Marco Silva's players uh, Ronald Koeman and uh, Big Sam and it just depends whether he's going to get the money as Ben alluded to then about uh, the profit and, profit and the loss sorry that you know have we got the money to spend and the other thing to really take into account is if we don't get Europe, are we going to have to sell one of our bigger players like a Richardson or a Lucas Dean? And that is the big concern because then it is one step forward, two steps back. That these are the players that we brought in to build around, along with Ancelotti's hands. And just it is a little bit worrying if we don't get Europe in terms of 
how we are going to shape for next year. And I, d- I do hope uh, Carlo gets the time in terms of, you know, to, to spend some money if it's there. But in regards to the original question, Mick, um, pr- probably about right. It, if not, maybe a little bit lucky where we are because when you look at the performance that we've been putting in consistently, which I know has, you know, has to be taken into, into account that, you know, injuries and, He's tried different formulas and formations to see what his best team is, which, by the way, I don't know whether the lads agree, I still don't think he knows what the best team is. Mm. And I don't think the actual players are actually proven who's good enough because they're not they're not turning up every week. They're not consistent. Mm. Um, but I think, in regards to, again, what you said, that I think early on in the season, that gave everyone a lot of hope that, you know, you know we've got world-class manager, which he is, and... You know, we brought the sands and we were playing expansive football, but he did have to re- revert back to sort of um, back to basics. You know, the centre half playing right across the defence with the injuries, and I do think that did affect the shape. But then it got us the results because we were keeping it tight and nicking the goal. But I don't think any of us want to see us playing that style of football. We were taking it while we were getting the results, but but we're not getting the results now. The results are going against us and. They've sort of all came at the wrong time for me. Um, so, so probably just, I've went around the world here, Mick, but in regards to the actual point that I, I do think if anything, we're slightly lucky based on how we, we've turned up uh, for most of the season because the performances just, just haven't been good enough for me. And I, I haven't enjoyed watching it. I, I know it's hard probably for all of us to watch it from home, not being in the stands, but no, it, it hasn't been good enough. And I just hope that, as I said on the previous point, that, we don't let the f- season fizzle out and, you know, we do try and win the rest of the games that we've got. But no, I think and a player I'd actually like to look at if we could get him, but depends funds-wise, would be someone like Rafinha from Leeds. I just think he's everything that we're missing. Direct, uh, nimble, quick, skillful, can score. And, you know, he works hard and, he, you know, he looks like he's up for it every week. I think that is going to be another, another thing with these players, not just about the quality of the player coming in, it's their attitude. They've, they've got to want to play for this club. You know, for me, it's an amazing club. You know, it means everything to me and the lads and every Evertonian. But some of these players coming in, they're just coming off based off a couple of performances and, and the name. They don't actually put the groundwork in to prove it when they've got the shirts on. And yeah, in the summer, they definitely need to get the right character player who've actually got the quality to back it up as well. Mm. Lee, same question to you. I mean, Everton currently sitting eighth. We're, we're three points ahead of Arsenal, a point behind Spurs. But there is a real chance that if the form continues, Everton could finish in the bottom half. That that is a there's a real chance of that. But there's also a real chance Everton could still sneak seventh or sixth. So, wh- where are Everton at the moment? Do you do you think we're about an eighth place team, and that's about right? <sighs> I don't know. Um, I mean, realistically. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm listening to myself in my own head here, and I'm conscious that I'm coming across really negative tonight. But I'm seeing it more, more of it, that I'm being more of a realist. If I'm honest, me, have we looked like an eighth place side in the last few weeks? You know, I think if any Evertonian asks themselves that question, truthfully, I, th- I think that's been a little bit optimistic. We've, we've looked like a bottom half side. Let's not beat around the bush. We absolutely have. There's been points in the season where we've looked like a top four side and we've looked really, really good. You know, you know, and you look at the first few games, first seven games of the season, we look, you know, marginally better than that. 
But of late, we're slipping down that league. You know, points-wise, we're going further and further back. Our goal difference is going further and further back from the from the top six. So, I think we we are where we find ourselves now, deservedly so. Um, and the way it's trending now, we are going to finish bottom half. I can see us finishing eleventh or twelfth. We've seen a couple of pe- people tweeting the same thing after the game tonight. Um, have we got it in us to dig deep and find something to generate some results? Um, I don't know, because I think you look at the remaining fixtures, we've got some tough ones coming up. A lot of the easier ones that we pointed out and identified have come and gone and have, and have been, uh, borne little fruit. So it's tough to see. Like I've said earlier on, a top six or seven finish for me, I think that's gone. Um, and I think with the injuries, although I think Ancelotti has come out after the game and said that he expects Calvert-Lewin, Alan, Gomez, King, and there's one more. Um, Bernard, was it? I think, yeah, maybe Bernard. Um, he expects five of them anyway to be back for Friday night. So that that's a bit of a positive, but how fit they'll be, I don't know. But obviously, performance-wise, the way things are trending, um, I think European football is very, very optimistic now. Um, but I'm an Evertonian. I hope they prove me wrong. I hope they stick two fingers up to me and the, the thousands of other Blues who are writing us off tonight and, and find something. Of course I do, because I'm, I'm a massive Blue. We all are. Um, but obviously, in you know, looking at in terms of a realistic perspective on what I've just seen, I'd be very, very surprised um, if we finished any higher than mid-table, Mick. That's, that's, that's the way I see it tonight. Ben, same to you. I mean, do we have to be patient and just think, you know, look at our current squad, injuries or no injuries, just looking at the current squad. Is the squad a top six squad? Personally, I don't think so. Is it a top seven squad? Again, personally, I probably don't think so. I personally think about eighth or ninth is probably where this squad is at. What are your thoughts? Um. You look at like obviously like the weekly wage and stuff that the numbers got released this week. I think we sit seventh in the Premier League for obviously player wages and stuff like that. And that probably gives you a rough idea of where we sit at. It's hard, isn't it? Because you look on paper at our, at our squad and our set of players that when all fit, we should be top six, I think. Um, I really do. I think we've got a better squad than West Ham, but I feel like they just put a really good one together and playing really nice football and I just feel like Carlo hasn't had the chance bar the first few games of the season to actually cement a formation and cement players where he wants to play. I think the signings then started to get a few knocks and niggles. Obviously, Alan picked up an, uh, a knock and Decore most recently. So there, there's your energy and your, your ball-winning midfielder gone. And so, as a manager, you're looking at, like, obviously, Tom Davis did not play particularly well tonight. Um, but he's no Alan, is he? Let's be honest. He's... He's no Allen, and when you haven't got the squad there to fill in the gap, it's not his team, it's not his squad. Like I said before, he's only brought in four or five players, and I think we all knew that it was going to be a project and a bit of a long-term change of around the club's mentality. But I kind of wanted a bit further than where we are now. The season started off brilliantly. I could kind of see what we wanted to play. I could kind of name you the team off the back of my hand week in, week out. But now, Mick, I don't know. I don't know what formation. I don't know who's playing where. 
I sent to you, you asked me line-up today, and I think I sent you two or three line-ups to change your mind three times, and that shouldn't be happening for me. I should, we should know what who's playing where, and again, we go back to that word of the injuries that aren't helping, which they aren't, but I don't know what, what our game plan is. I don't know what we were trying to do tonight. I don't, there was no tactics. There was no game plan tonight for me, so I kind of don't know how we were looking to break down Brighton it was kind of like going for like the long ball picking up the second ball and hopefully it falls to one of our wingers who weren't advancing as much as we'd hoped and yeah it just wasn't pretty it wasn't nice there was a few nice through balls from Hammers obviously Sigurdsson who then decided to obviously put not a, a full pass into the feet of Lucas Dean and players like that and Coleman was trying as wasn't he? he was trying his best but again his touches weren't coming off and Godfrey was pretty solid, thought he did well, um, making up for the lost ground on the likes of when Welbeck went in a few times. And look at, like I mentioned on the lad, that, that Trossard for them looked, looked like a well beater again. He just carried on, he's just a random player they've got who's quite skillful and quick. And looked like he was just drifting past our players again. And I just don't know what we were trying to do. I don't know if we were trying to play on the break. I don't know if we were, I just don't get it, Mick. I don't know what we were looking to do. Beginning of the season, you could see we had some sort of game plan playing through the lines, get it wide to Hammers, get in the free roll, and you try and compensate for, for him with your Seamus Coleman when he was fully fit. And you could see what we were trying to achieve. You had the but Hammers picking up the little pockets of space from the right, pinging it over to Lucas Dean with the space for Charleston overlapping, creating the space for him to get the balls into Calvert Lewin. It the game plan was there, but I, I haven't seen that probably since October when that little mad one ended after the uh, the the first Merseyside derby and since then I don't don't kind of know what we've been trying to achieve we've, we've put a few good wins together in December which can't go unnoticed but that was more like grit and determination for me we just got stuck in and had a few of the fans back behind us at Goodison and we picked up some really good points beating obviously the likes of Chelsea Arsenal home and uh, performing really well And but since then look I'm not beating around the bush even without the, when the the injuries weren't present, we haven't played well this year since the turn of the year. We haven't played well at all. So that brings me back to your question of the squad. I think it is, but they're not performing like it at all. So on paper we do, but the way they're playing, no, because it, I just feel like the mentality of losers is just going through the whole team and no one's got the balls to actually get, get the game by the scuff of the neck and go and win it and it's just so sad to see, Mick, that it's going to be another summer wasted and last year and hopefully try and sort the rights again. But how long can this go on? Mercedes isn't going to be pumping much more money into this club. He's just got half a billion pounds worth to try and stake up a deal to build the stadium. And he spent half a million pounds in the past five years. That's a billion pounds that he's invested somewhere in this football club where his shares and other stuff. It's not going to, it's not a, a free pot of money. So, the figures are sickening. The accounts are sickening. I just hope we can sort it out in the summer and kick on to be a regular top six squad. Um, it's going to be a long. It's going to be. It's not going to happen overnight. I never thought it would, but I thought we'd be a bit more progressed now. And obviously, the injuries haven't helped at all. Lee, Ben, Tommy, thanks for joining us, guys. As always, really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Unfortunately, it wasn't as what we hoped for. Brighton nil, Everton nil. We will be back later this week for Everton versus Tottenham Hotspur at Goodison Park, which is a Friday night game. In the meantime, have a good week. Stay safe. Go to the beer gardens. Put your feet up. 
don't think about Everton. We're not going to think about Everton. We'll think about Everton later on this week. In the meantime, stay safe, take care and all the very best. Thank you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.